I'm a galactic gangster. I get on my galactic broomstick and I ride the multiverse. And so, yeah, the journeys have been amazing. And I can tell you about each and every single journey that I've taken over the past 22 years. Welcome to the Way of the Healer Conversations for Change podcast. I'm your host, Darieth Chisholm. Here, you'll meet some of the world's most extraordinary thought leaders and experts, iconic artists and creators, top-performing athletes, successful entrepreneurs, philanthropists, spiritual teachers, shamans, healers, and many, many more. They sit with me, an Emmy Award-winning TV host and former news anchor turned filmmaker and life and business coach for some powerful conversations for change. What are these conversations about? Healing. Healing. Healing all aspects of our mind, body, soul, spirit, this planet, each other, and the systems and structures we're currently living in. You'll learn about topics like plant medicine and psychedelics, spirituality, conscious entrepreneurship, conscious communication, the new earth, quantum leaping, multidimensional living, pleasure, play, and sexuality, breathwork, sound healing, food and supplements, and ah, there's just so much. You're just going to need to subscribe to the channel and listen. Come with me now behind the curtain to get the backstory on how and why these remarkable people heal themselves and others, how they lead, what makes them tick, what lights them up, gets them down, keeps them going, and what they believe is the way of the healer. So let's go. A lot of folks call this woman mama, and they're for very good reasons. And on today's episode, I sit down with Ayana Iyi, a known loving elder and leader in the psychedelics community in Detroit. For decades, she's shared her experience working with magic mushrooms and psilocybin as a healer and accessing the ancient worlds of the divine feminine. As a visionary in her communities in the US, as well as in Europe, she inspires women to reclaim their birthrights as goddesses, warriors, and mothers during plant medicine ceremonies. Wife of the late great psychedelics explorer, Baba Kalindi, she works effortlessly to provide spiritual guidance for all of her sisters and daughters by showing the total acceptance of love and knowledge of self-healing. So here are a couple of talking points that we dive into on this episode and why you really want to stay until the end. She shares her experience with 21 grams of mushrooms. Put it this way, while many people are just discovering microdosing, discovering a macrodose is an entirely different journey. We discuss what some people of color and women in particular may be facing during the psychedelics renaissance, her life with legendary Baba Kalindi, and what his legacy means for new psychonauts. And you don't want to miss it. Stay until the end as we unlock how she works with mushrooms for womb healing and sexual trauma. So much good stuff on this episode. Stay with us and let's go. Plant medicine, psychedelics, and cannabis have really helped me deepen my meditation practice and morning routine. And while you don't necessarily need our plant natural allies to assist you in meditation, I find that with meditation, I'm able to have more clarity, direction, purpose, and allow divine guidance and wisdom to flow through me. Stillness and quieting the mind allows you to access more of who and what you truly are. 
And that's where you can activate more creative expression and fulfillment of your dreams. As a gift to you, my friends, I've designed a special high-frequency activation to help you encode, embrace, and elevate your consciousness to ignite your creativity and passion. It's free and available for a limited time. Go to dariuth.com forward slash meditations to receive a guided meditation series with journal prompts and attuned high-frequency sound waves. That's dariuth.com forward slash meditations. Grateful, so grateful that you are here with me. Finally, we're doing this interview together. I am so blessed to be in your presence. And thank you, friends, for joining us as well for another beautiful edition of the Way of the Healer Conversations for Change. Welcome. Hello. How are you? And I'm doing very well. And thank you for having me uh, be on this platform because there's a whole lot of information that needs to be covered. And uh, I know that this is a very... Um, uh, astute way to get it out, you know, so thank you again for having me. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I have um, been lovingly following you and soaking up all of your essence and energy as you share it on the, you know, various different social media platforms. And uh, the audience obviously had a chance to hear a little bit more about your background, but we're going to go deep into several conversations that are all in around the world of plant medicine, uh, definitely magic mushrooms, psilocybin, and how we work with these beautiful ancient technologies and, and what they're here to teach us about. Uh, and before we we go into this long list of questions that I have, I, I just got to understand, what does it mean to be a modern day witch? Well, a modern day witch was ancient sensibilities. We have to throw that in there, right? Um, I wanted to dispel the myth of the word witch. Okay, because people when they, you know, because of Christianity, and I don't want to offend any Christians that may be listening, but because of Christianity, the word witch, of course, has been demonized. And when you think of a witch, seriously, even with, you know, the media, they still portray the witch, other than the bewitches and the whole different things like that, as the hook-nosed green woman with a hump in her back eating babies, right? A lot of people still think that witchcraft is an evil thing. Um, I just wanted to enlighten people and educate them in terms of, you know, well, let's go to the etymology of the word witch. The W-I-T means wit, it's wit. And then you have a craft. And so anyone that works with herbs or, or a doula or um, kitchen work, you know, herbs, flowers, plants, gardening, um, you're using that wit and you using it as a craft and you put it together. And so you've got your witchcraft. Well, it's simply manipulating energy. It's uh, moving energy in a way that you're in command of it. And you're in command of it because you're in command of yourself and your own powers as a person. Um, and you have to believe in the energy because the work that I do is sympathetic magic. Sympathetic magic is all about energy. What you put into it is what you're going to get back from it. So it's about a deep belief in what you can and cannot do. And a lot of people don't feel like they, I don't know if they don't honor themselves enough in terms of feeling like they have power or that they think power is something for those that are on television, like the X-Men or something like that. I'm not sure where people are at, but I'm, you know, this is what plant medicine does. It allows you to tap into those places of your own personal power which largely is your intuition. You start to feel 
and you start to trust what you feel. And when you trust what you feel, you pretty much got a, a, a lid on this thing, you know? It yeah. just guides you in a way that you, it's a knowing, it's a quickening. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so it sounds to be that no matter what the description is or the definition of which, it's not so much about that old world, um, old understanding of it, but that it's this capacity to be able to tap into your own intuition, your own expanded states of consciousness, your own energy to 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 move in the world with with a sense of fluidity and understanding. Absolutely. I mean, you know, I couldn't have said it better. That's exactly what it is. Mm -hmm. Fluidity, a flow, a energy, a belief in self and uh, your knowledge, you know, your knowledge of particular things. You can put particular herbs together. You can put particular stones with those herbs or light a candle of a particular color, you know, which brings about a particular energy and uh, and create the work that you're needing to do. And all these things are here for us. Now, we know now that the word witch is just a catch-all. Everybody is a witch, right? So yeah, you know, and it's like a cool thing to be or whatever, but do you really understand what this means? I say that so fluently about myself, not to shock anyone, but to put them on notice that I may say things to you that, you know, if you don't understand, stop me so that I can explain it to you. Um, and that women in particularly, uh, when we circle in nature, it's a very ancient and necessary thing. And that's when the energy of the, the witchery comes, the magic happens. The magic happens when women get together and we circle and we do the work that we do. I will be having a winter uh, solstice program here tomorrow evening, as a matter of fact, with a group of women. And we will sit together and we will stir the pot. And create some create some awesome spells. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And what better way to do that when we're honoring um, beautiful times in the universe, such as solstice and um, the various energetic frequencies that are on heightened um, planes is to come together and do that as well. And so let's talk a little bit about the circles that you've created, and particularly those um, where you have created these safe containers for women and particularly women of color to step into and not only work with this energy, but also work with these sacred sacraments and mushrooms in particular. How's that calling been for you and what's happening in these circles and containers? Well, you know, I've created a group many years ago called Sisters of the Sacred Black, and we spell Black, B-L-A-K. And I wanted to make sure that it wasn't about the darkness of our skin, but the darkness of our wombs. Um, so Sisters of the Sacred Black is what I decided to call these retreats where I would take women up into the woods for three days and teach them survival techniques but we would also do the spiritual bathing and we would also do the psilocybin within that circle. And I found in the early days of us connecting on three grams of psilocybin that the connection happened between our wombs. That's how we were able to connect. The energy was very strong. A lot of healing took place. Um, we could see that women were pregnant who didn't know they were pregnant because the energy allowed us in that space. Uh, so women have, now this started for me in 2007. It's still going very strong. We just recently had a woman's circle in New Orleans on a plantation that was uh, sitting over 1,000 unmarked graves that we didn't know of until after the fact. But the healing, the energy, the power, 
women are coming from all over because they're able to express that part of themselves that, of course, if you say this in particular families, you're going to be looked down on or that's the crazy one over there. Don't talk to her because she does this, that, and the third. So they come here and they're able to express. And it's almost as if we're giving them permission to be them, their true selves, mm. to open up their true selves. And so they open up, we run around, we don't have our clothes on, our breasts are flowing freely because ideally our breasts are what? What are they for? To nurture our babies, right? But they've turned that into a whole nother energy uh, for money-making profits. And women have just lost sight of that. So these women come to be free to open up and allow their energy to pour forth and to pour into one another. And that is what we do. And, um, and I'm just very pleased at the work that is still going on after so many years. And the, I've had them from the ages of eight to 80 come into these circles and, um, and, and goddesses in training. You know, my granddaughter goes with me each and every time. Mm. And she's just now uh, seven years old. Wow. So, that, yeah. that's, that's beautiful. And there is such an importance around being in safe, sacred spaces when Absolutely. you're utilizing plant medicine and particularly higher doses of plant medicine because of our ability to open up and to connect and, and really release and be free. And, um, you know, it's, it's such a magical, mystical, uh, beautiful experience when one can give themselves a permission to be, to be that free. And, and somehow, as, as we all know that, that, that many of, of plant, many of the plant medicine, particularly uh, mushrooms, allow one to step into that and be at, be at these, these different frequencies and in time and space. Did you know that beyond this podcast that I help busy entrepreneurs, storytellers, artists, creatives, and healers who might be feeling a little bit bored and burnt out and trying to figure out what to do next and what's my purpose in life, really find those answers? How? Oh, I say it's through shifting. It's just a matter of shifting your vibration and your frequency to higher states of consciousness and awareness in order to find the answers and live the life that we truly desire to live. So if you want to become a deliberate conscious creator who is enjoying the creations and the manifestations that you are experiencing in life, then I invite you to be a part of a very special five-week intensive. You can get all the details at dariath.com forward slash shift to learn more. You can experience wholeness, personal freedom, expanded states of creativity, confidence, and flow while achieving your goals and flourishing in your unique gifts and talents. After this podcast episode, please head over to dariath.com forward slash shift to learn more about it. So let's back up a moment and talk about how you began your plant medicine journey. When was that and, and how did all of that unfold for you? Um, well, my husband, uh, the great late um, master explorer, psychonaut Kalindi Iyi, uh, back in 2000, um, the year 2000, we hadn't really given it a whole lot of, you know, talk. We really didn't talk about it a lot. It was kind of here or there. So one evening he said, here, take this. I was like, take what? He said, these are mushrooms. I was like, okay, well, you know, 
I'll take them. So, but he didn't give me any um, lead into as to what was going to happen as a result of me taking these mushrooms, right? So of course me trusting and honoring my husband and you know, he said, we're just gonna have a good time. I was like, well, okay, mushrooms, how bad can it be? You know, they were absolutely yucky, but um, I ate the five grams, you know, in the year 2000 and we were in this journey together and uh, inside of this journey, uh, again, not prepared for where I was going to go, but because, and I think that was almost a good thing for me of, because there was no um, trepidation about the journey. I just left myself open. So I was able to uh, experience it fully, uh, but they came and got me. And I say they, meaning the mushroom energy came and got me. And I was allowed to go back through my mother's womb. I remember that distinctly going back through my mother's womb and I ended up into the uh, the pyramids. Now, my energy has always been ancient comedic energy all throughout my home and the artwork and the whole bit and just my studies, uh, just very well connected to that uh, space and time, honoring those ancestors, if you may. But it took me back into the pyramids and I knew that because of the glyphs that I was seeing inside of this place that was dimly lit it, it felt very familiar to me. And I was almost frustrated at the fact that if I knew, I knew somewhere inside of myself that if I had more, I would be able to understand and read those glyphs. It was just a very comfortable space I was in. I remember laying on the wall for about four hours, but actually the energy I was inside of that wall inside of that space, that in-between space that they take you. So the year 2000, so what is this, 2022 here, it has been that many years that I have um, taken the psilocybin. So after that first journey and feeling the unbelievable ultimate energy of pure love, not just love of the man that I was with, but love of self, but love of the connectedness of the planet but just the love that is trying so hard to be a part of our lives. The, and the simplicity of, of that, I think is what makes it so complex because it is so simple. It's just pure love. So feeling that, I wanted to feel it again and again and again, you know? Um, but each journey, I mean, did I feel that love ever again like that? I could say no to that. Because no journey is the same. <laughs> no journey is the same. My journey started to increase in types of things that I had to do in other um, multiverses and on other terrains, other alien terrains. Um, so it was just my Scorpio energy was just um, enthralled by all of this, the occult, you know, and I'm going somewhere where other people just won't go, you know, by taking what I've taken. Each time that I've taken them, I've gone up, you know, so. I started at the five point, I went to the seven, I went to the nine, I went to the 12, I went to the 15, I went to the 18, you know, I've gone to the 20, I haven't done 21. So in between those spaces, I found a space that I was most comfortable with, which is the seven, eight, nine energy. And that's because I have a better recall at that amount. Okay. So when you go into the higher doses for me, the recall isn't as great as it as I'd like it to be. 
I've tried it with the lemon tech. I've tried it with the tea. The tea tends to slow my journey down. It's as almost as if it's in slow motion. So I decided that I like to move fast inside of those dimensions. And it takes me to this spot and this place and over here in the fifth dimension and limbo and with the dead people and the souls. And it was just like, I'm hanging out. I'm a galactic gangster. I get on my galactic broomstick and I ride the multiverse. And so, yeah, the journeys have been amazing. And I can tell you about each and every single journey that I've taken over the past 22 years. That's amazing because I understand that for most people, they don't remember 85% of their journeys, no matter what plant medicine they're with, ayahuasca, um, um, you know, um, especially 5-MeO-DMT, mushrooms, the, the cognitive awareness beyond the experience we're able to come back into, but it's about really trying to find our way to remember the experience and the pieces that we need to get out of it. What I would say on the flip side of that, and I think I'm discovering this for myself within my own journeys, but then also as I've come to speak with so many people in this space, is mm -hmm. that it's not even that we are intended to know all of it anyway when we come back because it is so expansive, but yeah. that our life later, like you get an aha a month later and you're like, ah, that's, you know, that's yeah. why I had that experience in that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with that. Those aha moments, as we would call them, yeah. you know, the flashes of and the connectedness of it, the energy, the messages that you get may not apply this year, the next year, or two years down, but maybe seven years, you'll remember that there was a message that you got and you can apply it where it needs to be applied. Like, you know, for instance, when I had the, the COVID um, year, a couple of years back, maybe four years prior to that happening, I took a journey and um, the message came that if I was ever in a place of war, and I had to protect myself that I would hum the, B, the, the, the tone B flat and that B flat would be my weapon uh, that I needed to use in order to fight that war. So as I was laying in the bed in 2020 with the COVID, just um, instinctively, it, it, it just, I started to hum the B flat. You know, I didn't even think that I got this message from the mushrooms four years before, only after I was healed that I remembered that, oh my God, the B flat, the tone, well, the tone B flat brings the cells in the body together so that they can heal. I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. I had no idea, but I was laying there humming the B flat and it just came through. And so I gave thanks for that, you know. Um, yeah. It's really interesting when we are able to um, open up to the sound frequencies that sometimes come up that just yeah. naturally, you know, we, we open our throat chakra and then these sounds and noises come up yeah. and it's in that attunement and yeah. that fine tuning that, um, perhaps we, we don't even know that we need, but it's there and available for us at the right yeah. time. And then yeah. to go back to, as you said, yeah. get that out. Let's talk a little bit about like microdosing right now um, for, for those that are into microdosing, particularly with mm -hmm. mushrooms, it's like all the rave. And we know the beautiful cognitive benefits, um, the ability to step into clarity and flow uh, with the use of microdosing. And um, those that are not familiar and perhaps are watching for the first time, there are no real psychoactive things that are going on. You don't feel high. You're not riding around on your galactic gangster broomstick and all the things <laughs> typically 
in a traditional microdose. You'll find that in these macrodoses, right? Yeah. But yeah, in absolutely. like, yeah, but and so when we when we look at the difference between those and we and you maybe consider like from all of the work that you've done with other people, like what are the values of being able to 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 sit with mushrooms and, and maybe just use them for microdosing or going into these more ex fully expansive experiences with macrodosing? Why would one want to do that? Microdosing as it stands now, well, you know, statistically speaking, one, and, and I'll use women as the example, uh, one in five women are on psychotropic drugs. They are giving us um, abnormal drugs to cope in a civilized abnormal society, if you might. Um, you're speaking pharmaceutical drugs. Right now, yes, they take, they're taking these drugs. And these drugs are meant to dull the senses, um, not make, not, you know, just keep you unaware of what's really going on around you. They put you to sleep. They put the brain basically to sleep to make you think that, you know, it's really okay. Everything that you're dealing with is okay. So with so many people taking these types of drugs, microdosing psilocybin is a refreshing relief from putting the brain to sleep because again psychedelic means to uh mind manifest that's exactly what that means hallucinate means to wander through your own mind well with microdosing, you don't feel the effects of the mind numbing energy it it, it takes you to a space in your mind where you are manifesting positive energy um you're looking at more beautiful thoughts and feelings that are real the green tree the blue sky the red bird you know the sounds of the crickets the, the hum of the, the 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 energy outside you just the water flowing you can go to the water and actually sit and listen and the language of the water comes across to you it just opens you up into a space as opposed to putting you to people are tired of being sleep they're going to their psychologists they're giving them these drugs. They're going to their pastors and, and ministers and they're telling them, well, fall down on your knees and pray and Jesus got you, you know, but these things are not working for people, you know, but when you go head on and you step into the world of uh, mushrooms and you start to microdose, you can see the energy. You don't feel a great um, physical energy. It's all mental. And because we are experiencing a huge mental health crisis on this planet, I mean, exponentially, it's just, you know, I mean, it's always been there, but for some reason, I don't know if it's because of the media, we, these phones, that we're seeing a whole lot of people are just losing their grip and um, they can't cope. Microdosing allows you to cope. It puts you in a happier state of mind um, because all we're hearing is what? The propaganda machines are moving really with all of the negative news, all of the negative news. The one thing that I like about the world news tonight is that at the end of their program, of 30 minutes of going around the world, they ended with something sweet. You know what I'm saying? It's always some good news that they want to end with because they know all the mess that they've given us prior to that. People are absorbing this energy. They're taking it into their homes. They're raising their children with it. You've got mothers who are what I call Facebook mothers. They're listening to all of this stuff on these phones and they're taking it internally. The microdosing just helps to put it in a place where it's not as devastating as it can be. Are we covering up? No, we're dealing with it. We're dealing with it, but we deal with it from a different point of view. Yeah, and let's flip it to the other side of this coin and look at the benefits that one might receive from macro dosing. And we're talking about 
uh, anything more than five or seven grams of mushrooms? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, you have to, hmm, macro dosing is for the explorer, it's for the adventurer, but now that we come to see that through macro dosing, we can hit you hard and move away some of those dark corners inside of your spirit or your soul. It gets into the crevices. So if you hear somebody say, I've had a bad journey, there's no such thing as a bad journey, but you got some stuff going on inside of you that may have been there in eons of um, reincarnations. You know, it could be some sort of generational or ancestral energy that could be locked up in your soul, in your spirit. And so the mushrooms through macrodosing will get inside of that place and start to move that, that energy around and make you face some things. We're good at covering up. We're good at putting on masks and going through life with masks on where the, where the macrodosing will pull it out of you and make you deal with it, make you face it. You know, and is it an overnight fix? No, it's not. But can it turn wounds into wings? Yes, it can. But the work comes in by taking the dosages. And um, we found that the protocol that we used, 579 initially, is what would start you on your way to move. The five promotes visual acuity. And it gets inside of those places, you know, and some of them can be scary. You know, I've had things come at me close to my face with nothing but a mouth with a bunch of teeth, yelling and screaming. And I was like, okay, am I going to be afraid of this? Well, hell yeah, but I'm not going to run because it's too late. I'm in here and I got to face it, right? That's where your gate, your experienced gatekeeper comes in. You need an experienced sitter to understand when you're in a place of, I need to come into the light, you know, so that I can take a break for a minute. But you also need that experienced gatekeeper to say, now it's time to go back into the dark to finish your work. So macro, the deep, deep work, um, and the higher you go, the further you go, I believe, into the multiverse. You start to figure out where the soul that encompasses your body now has been in the last four or 500 years of reincarnation. I mean, it's just um, my work seems to fall into the place where I have to deal with those that are going to die or that are dying in that place. And that's the work that I've always seemed to do when I take a larger dose. I have work to do. I've been chosen by this energy to do this work because a lot of people are afraid of death. Death is being afraid of death is one of the things how they've managed to control us is by being fearful of death. Yeah. It alleviates that, it eliminates that. You see, John Hopkins University is using this on terminal patients to eliminate the fear of dying, you know, so. Yeah, plant medicine and psychedelics in general, when used with the overall fear of dying um, and, and in that process, particularly those that may have been having long struggles with cancer, any other uh, debilitating disease, uh, has been fascinating to research yeah. and to see and to hear the benefits that people have as part of that. You recently shared with me a recent trip that you were sitting with someone who was uh, just on the other side of that choosing suicidal thoughts. Yes. And yes. How, how does work with mushrooms, or at least in the capacity that you were in, um, how do we see that, that working with those that might be uh, suicidal? Well, the young woman that, you know, needed my assistance, um, her 
every thought was to take her life. Um, whether she was driving a car, she said the voices would, you know, and we had to decide whether this was, what, what is the word I want to use? Um, oh gosh. We had to decide whether this is a serious mental issue, okay, um, with the voices. What's, what's the term for the voices when you hear the voices? Um, hearing voices. <laughs> okay, well, she was hearing. And so driving a car, the voices would tell her to run the red light so that she could run into something. Mm. When she would go up high into a building, the voices would tell her to jump out the window to kill herself. The voices would tell her, um, if you're in an airplane, you're going to crash. Um, it was just, take your life. And she didn't have any understanding or any background that we could find that was causing her to hear the voices that was only telling her to kill herself. Well, eventually we got into that place. But so my work with her, what happened when she took the psilocybin, and I only put her on five, five grams of, um, it's called ghost and it's a, it's a PE strain, but it's very powerful. The mushrooms decided to take her to each and every one of those places that she was fearful of dying in and kill her there. It took her life there. And when she realized that she was alive from dying, if that's making any sense, that seemed to take her over the hump of, I'm here to survive. I survived this energy. I don't have to be afraid of driving my car and running into a red light. I know now that that would kill me, but because I've died there already, I, am I making sense? Please? You are making absolute sense. And that um, it's, it's amazing how psychedelics really help to rewire the brain, which is and why that's the word. that is exactly what it is. Anxiety, PTSD. Yes. Um, you know, it's, there's something that happens that in those experiences, it, it changes, right? Yes. It rewires. Yeah. And so now we do have to be concerned about a relapse because she did relapse, right? The pressures of the world, her environment, the people she had around her, uh, the negativity in the home, you know, we started to see different patterns of why these things were bothering her. So it was my advice to her is that I know things are tight right now, but you're going to have to find a different place to live because the energy that's around you is causing these things to happen as well to the relapse. So we took her a little higher um, to just make that connected energy of you're a survivor. You're going to be all right. You were rewired. You experienced death from a different level and you're still, you're here. You're okay. So it was very intense. It was a very long night. I literally had to just hold on to her. She kept coming out of the room. She wanted to, you know, she was scared, but we managed through it. And as we integrated the next day, you know, and it was an all day integration, um, it was something about the energy in her eyes that softened. Her posture relaxed. She was able to not, she was able to sit on my sofa with her legs crossed as opposed to a rigid stance. Um, you could just see that it had taken over and moved some energy out of the way and that it was gonna be all right in this world in this world of turbulence and a whole lot of unnecessary information that we are privy to that can make the sensitive person, you know, do exactly what, and she is an empath. Mm -hmm. 
She was picking up signals from all over. And all of those signals were about death and dying and her fear of, you know, so watching it happen right before my eyes is what gives me the energy to carry on because there's so many people and we know we can't help everybody. We know that, you know, but dad gummit, we're going to try one mushroom and one person at a time. Yes. to assist uh, these young people. And she's quite a, quite a young woman, very young woman. It's beautiful that you bring up the um, portion of integration that following day and being with her to help to unravel those, those um, thoughts and emotions that were coming up. And I'm a huge proponent of even long-term integration, like because stuff comes up in the days and the weeks later that really require someone to be fully supported in that experience, which is why even on this, this podcast series, you know, I'll be speaking with lots of different people who specialize in integration and helping people to move beyond what they've just uncovered and truly begin to create, deliberately create the life that they want to experience. Yeah. And because we've had one powerful experience is that's like the beginning. The <laughs> like beginning. The beginning. That's, that's right. You hear people say, I've been initiated into, that does not make you a wise person. Initiate means to what? To begin. It is the beginning. You've got to do the work. You yeah. know, now when I say do the work, that's not take mushrooms every week. Absolutely not. Take mushrooms at the most frequency, at the highest frequency is every six weeks if you wanna do the work like that. Some people can take them once and then take them, wait another whole year before they take them again. It's very personal to you and what you're, what you're hoping to achieve. Now, of course, you've got your recreational doses where, man, I had the bomb trip last night and yada, yada, so on and so forth. You know, I'm of the school of what are we bringing back and how it can enhance your life right now. You know, I'm not knocking the recreational part of it, but we're deeply into the spiritual aspect of it because so many people need to ground themselves and be connected to those around them and to understand um, this beautiful world we're in, but at the same time, it can be very hostile, you know, and it can be very frightening. You watched the psychedelics community uh, in Detroit um, come from a, a base of just a few people, perhaps 22 years ago or so, um, mm -hmm. to what it has come today. What has that looked like? When you think about back in the day when you and Baba were, you know, working in this space and, and sharing, and of course, he's been a huge outspoken advocate worldwide and is, um, is renownedly respected. Uh, but when you think about what this 22-year history in a city that, um, you know, is predominantly African-American um, and may have its own misconceptions about uh, the use of psychedelics, uh, even though here we know there's a wide use of cannabis, um, but still back 22 years ago compared to today, what's mm -hmm. the difference like? Well, back 22 years ago, we were called drug addicts and um, crazy people. And, uh, you know, we were kind of shunned, you know, um, but because we didn't give a damn about that type of energy, because we knew we knew something that they didn't, you know, and, you know, Baba was poo-pooed all over. I mean, he actually left the United States to go to Europe because the United States just did not embrace it. They just weren't ready and they weren't trying to get ready because, you know, change is difficult. People are afraid of change. 
uh, the, the, the way that they've been doing it, going to church, going to your psychologist for whatever, 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 and finding that these things just did not work. So people started to listen. People started to come to the lectures. Women started to knock on my door for assistance. I would do readings for these people because that is where I started my work at is through readings. And in, in spreading the tarot deck, I would be able to see the energy of, oh, I can see something here that can help you. I know that if you take these mushrooms, this is going to help what I'm seeing in this spread right here. Um, so what I would do with that is that I would give them information to read, videos to watch, particularly of Baba Kalindi. And if they came back to me and said they were interested, then we would go from that point because it was very important for me to educate. So what I would say, Darius, is that education, informing the people um, through video, through talking, through teaching. Um, so we would have monthly meetings, you know, at, at mushroom meetings where we would talk and invite more people into the meeting so that they can hear and understand it. So it just kind of grew from there where we just actually had a mushroom club and everybody was coming and more and more and more and more people until, well, you know, Baba was getting more um, like, well, I'm going to bring a conference here to America because everybody cannot afford, neither could we, but everybody could not afford to go to Europe to these different places like the Breaking Convention in London that they've been having forever on psychedelics and uh, to places like Norway and to Australia. You know, um, he brought the, the first psychedelic conference as far as I know in 2014 here to Detroit, naming it the Detroit Psychedelic uh, Society. And we had our first conference to where Baba had the chance to stand and talk for four hours if he wanted to, as opposed to going to places like the, the breaking convention where you only get 45 minutes and then a 15 minute Q&A. And there's no way you can get all of the information that needs to be gotten in 45 minutes. So bringing it here and having his own platform and bringing in the speakers that he wanted to bring in and not necessarily the people with no letters behind their name because a lot of the people with letters behind the name are not doing the dose. They're doing book research. And that's my thing is if don't talk to me unless you've done the dose. Then we can really sit down and understand one another because um, you know what I'm saying. You know, if I say something crazy like I was on a mushroom journey crazy to you and I turned into an animal and I bit the head off of another animal while we were in the air flying and you won't be taken aback you're like oh yeah I can get to that you know I understand what you're saying you know so um but now what I'm seeing what I'm seeing now I can say that I'm disappointed because being the humans that we are we have allowed things like ego and greed and jealousy to enter into this very sacred space because back in the day, thousands of years ago, only the elite could take the mushrooms. Only the priest and priestesses were able to take the mushrooms. You had to be chosen to take the mushrooms. You had to be ready mentally to take the mushrooms. And a lot of people are taking them without the understanding of what this really is about. I believe that the mushroom energy that we're dealing with now is giving us a chance to really come from a place of healing because we need the help. But I also believe that if we don't step up and come out of this place of greed and 
anger and jealousy and backbiting and backstabbing that the mushrooms are gonna deem us no longer worthy of taking this beautiful fungi and it will just like it pop back up out of nowhere, it's gonna disappear. I am always so curious that like this emergence of these plants that have been here for centuries and, and yes. just a few are uh, why, why we are seeing this. Like it's yes. the conversations are everywhere about the use of plant medicine and psychedelics. What do you think they are trying to teach us? What are they here for us to know in this renaissance that is occurring? And then we're, we're missing it. It's the love. It is the love and the connectedness of beings. When you look at the mycelium network and how trees communicate, you know, it's to connect with one another where we got a fight against us because we live in a, in a, in a country where they, the, the narrative is divisiveness. Everything is divided. So we're in a fight here. The mushrooms is like, just be connected within your own community. And then you can branch out like the mycelium and touch other people. It's happening, but it's like we take two steps forward and have to take a step back because the human energy is still very prominent. People refuse to see that they have a particular power or either that they're not worthy of the power that they possess and they don't understand it. Um, so it's the love. I mean, it's the love of, all life. Um, I mean, before I met Baba Kalimi, I would step on an ant. You know what I'm saying? I would kill a spider. I'm definitely afraid of spiders. And being by myself now, well, girl, I actually grabbed a spider and some tissue and put them outside. A high reverence for life as it is. We only get so many winners in this dimension on this planet. So while you're here, love and care for and honor one another and with integrity and respect. And that's a huge, huge battle that we're up against, yeah. you know, and because with pure love or love, I don't know how they think that they, they, they won't be able to control us because, you know, we want you to fight. We want you to carry on. We want to cause this negative energy because this negative energy is somehow feeding some sort of grand energy that's sucking all of this energy and anxiety and awful, awful things that are happening and it keeps it fed. And that's frightening to me. That's frightening to me. So I, love. Yeah, I, and I agree with you 100%. Uh, my first ever experience sitting with ayahuasca uh, was a day full of love. Like I went there with this whole idea of like, what am I gonna do next? What am I creating that? Like it was me, 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 me. And all I got was love. And what does love mean? And how do we love? And the expression of love and the unity of love and love consciousness. And I, I just remembered, you know, as that day ended thinking everybody and their mama needs to experience this. Like, and knowing that that is always available to us is, yes. is so expansive. And you know, what I'm also coming to appreciate so much about plant medicine is that it's you, you, when you learn to identify that in your own consciousness and your own capacity to be unified with this one source, whatever you want to call it, but it's frequency of love, 
you don't necessarily need the medicine to do that. Like it, it's like you can you can There's practice so that through meditation through other ways through being in a conscious state of evolving. That doesn't. I mean, the plants get you there fast, but then afterwards, it's like I don't think I need you guys. I think I can work this love thing out. I can work this love thing, and you know. And I'm going to just kind of go to this place for a second. This fall, this particular fall was so beautiful. I don't know if you were able to inhale the colors and the energy and what the trees were saying, but the, the colors promoted this energy of love. And if, if nature is giving you that love, you're giving that love back to nature. And so I see where the plant medicine is trying to heal us through love by making us feel good because when you feel good you you honor one another you're happy you're the you're 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 you're, you're forgiving those that probably you wouldn't have forgiven you're holding on the ugly stuff but if you can tap into nature and just give your energy over to that she opens herself up in a way that she reveals her gifts to you and you can use those gifts accordingly and so plant medicine, I have plants everywhere in my home, you know, that I nurture and that I talk to and that give me the energy right back. Um, you know, I'm going to even love on my horrible next door neighbor. Um, I'm going to love on her because she needs it. She's a woman who needs compassion. I had a woman come and sit with me and she did the 21 grams uh, um, here and she never met or knew about my next door neighbor who is a miserable woman, but she came up out of the space and she said, the lady that lives over there, no, she said the person that lives over there, because she didn't know if it was a man or a woman. She said, the person that lives over there needs compassion, hmm. you know, and just the fact that she was able to pick that energy up around her, or maybe it was me holding on to something that I felt for this woman. But when she said those words, something in me melted and I knew that I needed to, I needed to be the one to give this woman compassion. I'm working on it, um, you know, but we're, you know, I'm put a Christmas card in her mailbox. It starts you know? slow, right? Like our expressions of love can come from a variety of different ways. You're aware of this and I'm you aware of it out there. It's like, yes. you get to, do the, get to make the, get to extend the olive branch. Absolutely. And, and that's where it starts. You extend the olive branch. Yeah. Speaking of extending the olive branch, if we look narrowly into the psychedelics community and think about how women, and particularly women of color, are faring in in these communities, um, what are you seeing, and what 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 if anything does that mean? Oh, that's a pretty heavy one because what I'm seeing. what I'm seeing is a disconnectedness in the relationships that we're having with our men. Um, there's a lot of narcissistic energy out there and women generally who are into psychedelics, as far as I can see, are generally empaths. They, um, they feel more and so they tend to attract the narcissistic type of relationship. So what I'm getting is a lot of women who are happily single now um, and that's just not the way it's supposed to be. Uh, but they're happily single to the point where they're no longer agitated in their relationships. They're no longer angry. So therefore they don't go in the kitchen and cook angry food and cook and, and, and give 
energetically angry food to the children, which mm. causes bickering in the household, which causes the plants to die, which causes when you go into woman who is a woman's home who is unhappy and just off-centered, her pictures on the wall are crooked. Dead leaves are hanging off the plants. Uh, the food that the, the children are bickering, there's nothing, there's no peace in the home. I'm concerned that if we can't get on the same page with our mates, now, I'm, I'm, of course, that's not everyone because you have your progressive uh, psychedelic family where people are going in together and allowing the children to step into those places as well. But what I'm seeing predominantly is a disconnectedness in relationships that is concerning. And so I'm pushing the fact that when I speak about the 579 protocol, I push the seven specifically because the seven is what allows men and women to come together in a place of becoming one flesh. And I'm speaking particularly in the sexual energy. Um, and when we connect there, when we can connect there sexually on the seven, the word comes across as henosis, which is becoming one flesh, but you're understanding the sacredness of what sex is, the magic that's being created while you're in that space the true love that is happening. And it's just not about how many times you reach an orgasm and you roll over and get the remote and I get up and go make some eggs. It's not that. It's a connected energy. So the healing happens there. And I say seven because that brings about the aphrodisiac type kind of energy. I will say CNSA, central nervous system arousal. A man will get an erection and a woman will her juices start to flow. And when you're in that space, well, you're gonna wanna use that erection, mister. And you wanna spread your legs in order to receive the energy. And it creates a beautiful, magic, magical experience. And you move from that point. Uh, the people who have followed my advice on that um, have come back and said, thank you. Thank you for allowing us to understand what it is that you were saying um, because people are missing it. They're missing the point. You know, women are withholding themselves because you didn't take out the garbage. Uh, you didn't uh, pay the car note. So I'm not going to, you know, it's just all, yeah, yeah, it's connected. I'm intrigued with the use of plant medicine and particularly mushrooms for somatic, sexual, pleasurable experiences to really help to unlock that, particularly with those who have sexual trauma. Yeah. And um, unfortunately, there are many many of us who have Absolutely. had various experiences that we know that when they occur and when we're young, they get locked in our DNA. They're yes. here with us. And as adults, you know, we might've put it out of our head a long time ago, but, but it, it finds a way to come back. And so the use of plant medicine to really work through, as you pointed out before, like those crevices, but in particularly the trauma associated with sexual abuse and yes. or rape. Yes, I was one of those people. And I'm sure had I not had mushrooms early in my life that I would still be holding on to the sexual trauma that I experienced by being raped at gunpoint uh, in my home with my children upstairs in the bedroom. That was the most traumatic thing that I have ever experienced. And it could have took me to the other side, but through plant medicine, I was able to go into a place and understand. I even looked at my rapist as a, poor pathetic person who had been rejected his entire life and i was able to forgive him you wow. know 
I was able to forgive him. And that's how I was able to move forward. You know, and I wish I could run into him today. I'd give him five grams, Hmm. you know, but it's here. It's for us. It's for us to use. And uh, because it's such a renaissance now and people are listening and wanting to feel better, the desire is there to feel better. I really want to do a piece and I don't know exactly, you know, but Christians and psychedelics, I want to reach those people. You know, because they live in fear constantly of if I don't do this, I'm going to burn in hell for the rest of my, in my, my eternal soul. I'm going to burn. What kind of, you know? Yeah, it's, we, it, it, we're also at a time where there's an advancement of the breaking down of old paradigms and stories and structures that have left us limited and in scarcity um, that hasn't given us the freedom to make any choices because we fear something that has like been indoctrinated for lifetimes, let alone through our epigenetics, as well as through our own, um, our own lineage. And so when we're up against whatever happened in this human experience, and then we take in whatever may have happened in the past through past life traumas, it's like, whoa, the human experience is, can be so profound and rewarding and complicated and complex. And there is something to be said about being with plant medicine that that just, as you said earlier, softens so much of that. Yes, you drop the shoulders. You're no longer you. If you pay attention, and to people that are around you, or in the office space or stores, they're like this. Mm-hmm. Their shoulders are just just like that. You know, so massage therapy and psilocybin. You know, um, warm baths and psilocybin. Um, Micro dose and watching the nature channels and you know the colors and and the energy of what you're seeing. You know, it's just. Um, we want it to be beautiful. It can't be beautiful all the time. We know that there's a balance that needs to be sought. We get that. But inside of that balance, be more open to the positive aspect or looking at life with the glass half full yeah. as opposed to empty, you know, um, and that's where I come from. Yeah. While we're not promoting um, the use and or selling uh, anything as part of this podcast, of course. I would though like to ask you, how would you encourage someone to get started with, with plant medicine and mushrooms in particular? Well, because, you know, we have this wonderful <laughs> um, technology that we have, you know, you could um, educate yourself, read about it. If you know someone personally, ask questions about it. But because you can just kind of put into the internet anything, you know, Google will give you some information, right? And if it doesn't feel divine or deep enough for you, then seek out the people that it's sending you to. I tell everybody to listen to Babaka Lindy's lectures. Some of them are way out there. You got to kind of hold on, you know, but he goes in pretty hard. You know, I have my own talks that I do have that I've done, and mine are more grounded. You know, I've talked about witchcraft and psychedelics. I've talked about, you know, sex and psychedelics, you know, healing the womb energy of women in psychedelics. Um, you know, so I stay more in that than that area, but to just to educate, you know, all this information, this this bastion of information that we get from the internet, it's there, you know. Sometimes it's too much, you know, because if you got a headache and you read, well, why is my head hurt? Well, you got a brain tumor the size of an orange and you're about to die tomorrow. You know, you can go there too. So be careful in yes. your seeking because you've got your naysayers. You know, you cannot 
overdose on mushrooms. It is not a drug. It is a fungi. It is a, it is a fungi. It's not even a plant. It's a fungi, you know, and you can't OD on it. So people hear the word mushrooms. They think of the word drug. They think of the word overdose. They think of being addicted. Absolutely not. Just inform yourself. Yeah, the information is there for you. Part of the reason why uh, I am doing the documentary, The Way of the Healer. Uh, Absolutely. I should also point out that at our website, thewayofthehealer.com, uh, we have a free resource that we have been able to put together from various different people who I've interviewed, um, the research and the expertise from those that have been in this space for a very long time. So it is a guide on how to get started uh, with plant medicine. And uh, it's mm -hmm. a very informational guide. And as you point out, is like knowing, like just start doing your research. Yeah. Um, there is also um, this, this feeling or there's something that many people say that they are being called to the medicine. So part of it is like, you're interested because you're learning about it and it's happening and people are, you know, going out to the jungles and it's like the thing to try or to do. And then there are yeah. other people that are like, mm, but I'm getting this sense that something bigger, something different is calling me. And so I'm being called to the medicine. Um, well, how do you feel about that? And, and um, while yours was an introduction, yes, it was. Uh, yours was a different introduction. Um, may, maybe in your connection with spirit, is that something that that you you can feel into or you're aware of? Being called into it, um, hmm, an actual energy of seek out psilocybin and I mean I I can't I can't honestly answer that because I wasn't called but I do know that upon taking it once I was called again and again and again okay um now I also know that if you're not ready no matter what you say to a person they're not going to go there they're just not they have to seek it there has to be something that turns on inside of them that lights up and says, I want to know more, you know, um, it's a feeling that comes across. And again, I mean, I've lost friends. I mean, you knew, or no, I won't say lost them, but you just kind of know who you can talk to about this and who you can't, you know, I have a girlfriend who just, I totally wouldn't even bring it up because she just would not get it. Um, but then there's the other one that, you know, let me just kind of introduce that and I'll see the light in the eye. So being called to it, if you're listening and I'll, I'll go on the empathetic energy again and the intu intuition, if you're opening yourself up and you're listening and you're tuned in the nature, you can't help but pick up the energy of something is, it's, there's more. So there's something that's so deep and so divine and that my soul, my spirit is waiting for and I need this and people are seeking it. They're calling it the medicine. Excuse me. <clears throat> They're calling it the medicine. Um, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna still maintain the energy of organic technology. You know, you think about the word medicine, you think of the word, I'm sick and I need some help. Well, healing happens, but the, 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 the technology is organic and it's for the mind. And the mind, a strong mind will promote a strong and healthy body. I'm, you know. aware, 
I'm aware that uh, Baba Kalindi um, was outspoken, I believe, in some instances on the use of a word other than medicine and yes. uh, it being more organic technology, ancient technology, uh, not using something medicine in the word sick, but um, and, and really fostering a different understanding of the use of the words associated with mushrooms. And that's interesting in this day and age that that has been um, there are many people that are still in this space. Those, you know, those of us who would just prefer to refer to them as uh, entheogens, and um, because that's more encompassing of the plants, the fungi, the cactus. Uh, you know, obviously, there's a lot in this this uh, plant medicine world, if you will, or in entheogenic world. Um, but it's very, very diverse. As we come in for a landing in this conversation, because we can go on and on and on, and I so enjoy <laughs> with you. Um, I, I just want to ask, uh, it's almost like a two-part question, but one I, I believe you shared with me once before about um, in when in Baba Kalindi's passing and um, knowing that um, this world will have would have experienced a great loss of an incredible explorer and teacher uh, and, and master teacher for some, but that it was almost like that torch was being passed to you. <laughs> Maybe not in a time where you were ready to receive it, and yet you have. How has that been for you? Well, watching this man do the work that he did and the love that he had for it and the love for the people that he knew could benefit from it. And some of his last words to me was, Ayana, you must continue the work. It was my honor and it has been my honor to continue the work because of all the work he put into it. Um, now, dare I say that it wasn't his time, who knows? Who really knows that, right? Because he's not here in this dimension. Um, but the integrity that he did the work with, the honor, uh, the reverence, that is what keeps me moving in this because that's what I'm here to do is to keep the integrity and the sacredness. And so that people can understand that this is not a game, it's not a joke. This is a way of life that you can choose for yourself. His words that he used a lot is be more than what you are. Don't just accept what they've given us. You know, it's like, you gotta be about the task of unlearning all the things that they've been teaching us, you know, have been put in place just so that they can control and uh, use their power against you. Um, be more than what you are. Um, you don't just have to be that person that uh, hears that alarm clock and gets up and punches the clock when you get to work, kiss the wife when you come home, tuck the kids in, kick the dog, go to bed, get up and just repetitive lifestyle or the American dream that they fed us, you know. Um, don't make money such a huge deal. Yeah, we got to have it to eat and do all the things that we do, but what we also need to understand is that time is very important. Um, just like people who don't have a passport. Come on, people, get a passport. You know, I don't have the money or I don't have the, make the time, 
make the time because there's so much on this beautiful planet to see and do and be a part of. But if you're more than what you are, you will seek those things out and you will have a full and satisfying life to the best of your ability. Just don't accept it for what it is. I go to work, I get a house with a white picket fence. I got a wife, two and a half kids, a dog and a cat. I go to work, I, humdrum. Mm. It's a beautiful place of exploration here and in the multiverse. Mm. And I'm gonna go for the multiverse because it's quite exciting out there. It really, really is. You know, um, hang on to your hat though. You know, because you can go to some places. Or your broomstick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can, you know, you can tell the mushrooms, well, I want to do this, that, and the third. And the mushrooms will be like, well, okay, we'll do that. But when we're done giving you what it is that you asked for, we're going to take you to where we want you to go. And that's when you hold on. Yeah. Let me ask you, and I ask all of my healers who um, I'm so grateful to have said yes to me to be on this podcast and this series. What does the way of the healer, the way, focusing on the word way of you mean? Ooh, girl, what does the way of me? Um, as an elder in my community, if you can think of in the terms of big mama, okay, with an open heart, and open arms and allow me to wrap those big old arms around you and hold you close to my heart, into my bosom and let me give you, let me feed you, let me, let me love on you and put you in a place of comfort. That's, that is my goal, to make you feel better. Um, my uh, moon sign is a cancer, which means that I'm everybody's mama, you know, um, a mother to many. And a lot of people come to me for that energy. So that, that, that is what I do. I'm going to love you. I'm going to feed you. <laughs> you know, I'm going to take care of you. Um, I love and at it. the same time, if I have to be firm with you, I'm going to be that too. You know? Yeah, I'm going to be that too. So the way of the healer, just to make your life more comfortable. Because again, people, only so many winters. We don't know where we go when we leave here, but we know we go somewhere. And we also know that we remain connected to this dimension. Cause I can tell you some stories about being in this house where Baba passed at. Is he stuck? Absolutely not. But his energy is very, very strong. He moves things around. So there is another side. There is an other world that we deal with. And it allows you to open yourself up to that as well, you know, which is um, quite exciting too. Yeah, so it appears that the way of that healer is still very much present. Um, in very much present. Love yeah, that. I'm sure, you know, we're in a space where where would have sat initially was the chair that he sat in every time he did these types of talks. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I feel and I, I, that he's right over there in that chair. Mm -hmm. And he's just kind of giving a nod of approval or not, but, you know, I can get out there sometimes. But, you know, he's very much present and I just love that. Uh, that he just uh, circles me that way. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So beautiful. So, so, so beautiful. I so completely appreciate, adore, and love you. And I thank you so much for, for being on this series and being a part of this. We'll be sure to leave any links to upcoming events and how to connect with Mama. <laughs> yes. Uh -huh. Mama Yana. Uh, 
Yes. And so that you'll have an opportunity to be in connection with her. So make sure that you check uh, the page for uh, the this podcast for any links. Also, if you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe and hit the notification bell so that you can be notified each and every time I drop a new episode. So many more amazing guests to come. So many more powerful conversations for change. And this was just one that I'm so grateful to have been able to present for you. So thank you so much. And I'm so honored. And thank you very much for having me. Blessings to you. Peace and magical blessings, my sister. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Did you know this podcast is a part of an even larger docu-series? Yep, there is an entire documentary underway called The Way of the Healer, where I introduce you to extraordinary women from around the world who are transforming lives with the use of plant medicine and psychedelics. You can learn more about it at thewayofthehealer.com. Thanks for being a part of my day and for listening. Be sure to check out the website, thewayofthehealer.com, for more details, useful tools and links, free resources, and more. Disclaimer, the Way of the Healer Conversation for Change podcast and its host and guests are providing this information for educational purposes only. We do not condone nor condemn the selling, purchase, or use of any substances that are considered outside of legal acquisition or usage. We encourage discretion and safety when involving yourself or others with substances and activities that are deemed illegal by your official local government laws and agencies. It is your responsibility to research and know applicable laws.